0: You're now diving into the fish tank. Dive up in that fish tank. Who that uh. Sitting down with Seth Living. Seth OJ juice, juice man. Ooh, and this is strictly for them true yeah. fans, dog fans. Number one. one. Of course, y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk. Dive up in that fish tank.
1: Welcome back Doking to The Fish tank. tank, right He's here on the Miami Dolphins Dolphin Podcast tank. Network. Seth Levitt, DJ Preach is in the it's back, and my main man, OJ, OJ Juice Duffy. McDuffie. How we feeling today? Come
2: on, man. Yeah,
1: you've been Come waiting on, for man. this one. You know how I'm feeling, oh, big Seth. man. You know it, bro. I normally introduce the <laughs> guest. I think you got to take it.
2: <laughs> well, I, I guess I will then, man. <laughs> hey, not only is this guy one like of my childhood heroes, man, but also a great friend to this point, man. My quarterback, hey, Bernie Kosar, man, in the tank, man. Bernie how about that? Welcome, Bernie. Welcome, brother. Thank
3: you. Honored <laughs> to be here. Uh, the more things change, the more they say. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right, right. Seth OJ. It's a, it's seriously uh, an honor to be here. And as we're aging out, I still think of when we first met, especially you and yeah. me uh, in, yeah. in your yeah. high school days. Yeah. But it's just an honor to be
2: here. Yeah. Yeah. So think about that, Seth. We go way back. You know, Bernie didn't know me from a hole in the wall Bernie, back sure when we first did. met. You know, <laughs> but Bernie, being the Cleveland Browns first round pick, uh, was also the MVP. I actually was in high school when he was there, and um, I had the offensive MVP for high school. Yeah. Whereas he had MVP for the league. If you don't say league. so yourself, yeah,
1: yeah, right, yeah. right? Well, Which Desmond actually, Howard was, a big, was there, too. I was going to yeah. say, Desmond Howard, I the mean, too. serious you know. ball players. Well,
2: that's what Cleveland did. That's what yeah. Northeast Ohio did. And Bernie being a Northeastern Ohio product, you know, same thing.
3: I can sense a theme for the show today. <laughs> I definitely can. Well, yeah, and to think about that, though, I mean, you're in high school. You're player of the year. I'm looked at as a a uh, pro quarterback, but really I'm only 23 yeah, years old yeah. myself. It right? is kind of yeah. crazy. You're 17, 18 years old. I mean, our age difference, you know, five, six years. But that difference of from high school to to pros, and that really that half dozen years, how it materialized, really helps you mature, grow, get into it, and. It really creates lifelong bonds. Yeah. That even though you always say I don't remember as a <laughs> as a wannabe Friday night lights guy who pays attention to northeastern <laughs> Ohio football. Right. Okay. And a guy in Youngstown, um, Youngstown, Ohio was a kind of a smaller area outside that we didn't get the honor, um, the opportunity to play a lot of the teams in Cleveland. That right. so was always like. Those guys who went to Hawkins, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so, had every and had every college recruiter in the world uh, coming to get
1: them. No, so was it because it was Hawkins or was it the talent? No, man. Listen, who's play.
2: talking? I don't even want to hear from Bernie. Bernie had his choice of places to go as well. They this said. Is true. You know what I mean? Which well, will I'm, be
1: interesting I'm, to find out. See, how
2: that I'm, I am very curious. I know for a fact that you went to UM, to U, yeah. but you know, most of us from Ohio. You know, Ohio, big Ohio State fans. Why, why not Ohio State? Yeah,
3: you know what? It's, it's uh, again probably in, in an, an interview down here and, and talking about this. It's an, an older man to, to maybe say that you're kind of a mommy's boy. <laughs> yeah. You know, growing up in <laughs> that's North okay, East, Growing yeah. up in 1000%. northeast Ohio, loving our area, loving our family, loving where we're from. I, I was um, our area really didn't have a lot of manufacturing jobs. We didn't have a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. and stuff. And back in the '80s, um, again, a a lot of people. I don't really need to probably take truth serum on this, but um, I was a a five-five running quarterback with win-aided. Back in the '80s, (laughs) back in the '80s, you know, it was a lot of. It wasn't wishbone, but it was a lot of running the ball. So Ohio State, Michigan. The Penn States, dude, uh, they weren't really passing the ball. So I was always tall, slow, and skinny. So I really needed to find passing offenses. And as you're trying to learn and and understand what what your best suits are and where you could actually play, um, yeah, I wanted to stay there. And um, I really wanted to – Dan Marino was going to be a senior at the University of Pitt. Mm -hmm. I would have been a redshirt freshman. I would have loved – that's an hour from my hometown. I know that's almost sacrilegious. They right. say in Cleveland, a Youngstown, that you're going to, you know, you want to go to the University of Pitt. You right. want to go to Ohio State. You want to stay in that area bluntly around your mom and your family. Yet, um, I didn't have money to really go to college. Mm. So they didn't offer me, you know. They didn't want me wow. to be there. And ironically, um, and I love uh, Foge Fazio, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, John Jemmy came from St. Thomas. Yep. That he recruited him to come up isn't I mean, that crazy yeah. i think john wanted to stay down at um <laughs> right. i wanted you know i'm close there so uh howard recruits me doesn't recruit john post recruits john to pit so me. wild so then i get uh i have to i, I come down and when coach Snellenberger, oh, god bless him you know comes and sits in your sits in your room and that aura that personality that's just been life-defining. It's one of the great, great decisions.
1: I, I can only imagine. And let's talk about those days. We're definitely going to cu- talk about Coach Schnellenberger and an unbelievable list of coaches. Yeah, coaches, yeah. But, uh, you know, I grew up down here, and at the time that you were landing at the University of Miami, long before I knew what it would cost to go there, I was a huge UM fan. Is that why that, you're
3: still in debt? I, 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 <laughs> well, I, I ended up
1: going to a state school as a result of that. Um, but... Uh, You know, I remember those teams, and certainly, you know, you want to talk about legends of Miami Hurricanes and just kind of starting what became a dynasty. Two things stand out to me. One is clearly the 1983 National Championship, bringing UM their first national championship, first of many, but also being on the wrong side of an epic game and Doug Flutie and the Hail Mary. Can you reflect upon both of those just – Games that will be talked about forever.
3: Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather <laughs> go in left, on the one the national championship. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, I think if I talk long enough about that, we'll take up time. Perfect. Then we can just skate right over the other. Hell, <laughs> Flutie pass. Good. Oh, too funny. <laughs> but Coach Nellenberger came in 19. Uh, he came, uh, I think, in 1978 to the University of Miami, and he came with a great vision and a plan. He said, "He has a five-year plan to win a national championship." So 1983, I'm a redshirt freshman, and having to uh, compete against '82 um, and '83 against Jim Kelly, Mark Richt, Jeez. Vinny Testaverdi, Kyle Vanderwin. I mean, I'm fifth <laughs> on the food chain. Right. Okay. So I'm, I'm looking at um, actually bluntly going back home to mommy mm-hmm. and wow. transferring. I mean, transfer uh, portals um, weren't the same back then. Yeah. Um, you had to sit out a year, and I, it was just a massive, um, like, I don't know, a life lesson because you got to compete against guys that bluntly are better than Jim mm. Kelly, Vinny Testaverdi. I mean, you get massive on Mark Rick. So I, I go to coach. I go, you know, it doesn't look good for me to play. He goes, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's Speaking the, of what? But, yeah. It's not the answer you want right, you're know, right. your head coach. <laughs> but um, He goes, you know, anything in life that's great, everybody wants it. You know, if you want to be successful in life, and you have a pathway, and it's something that could be great, there's going to be other people that want that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the quarterback at the University of Miami is great, and there's other people that want it. So, you know, it's better, he goes, he goes you could run away. You can go back home, go to, I can name a few schools mm-hmm. up there that are maybe back then. Not the University of Miami. Well, yeah. not Division One well, teams. Right, right. I mean, I, right. I wanted to go also up in the Midwest. I also as a brainwashed Catholic. Going up watching Notre Dame football, mm. you know, I wanted to go there and Jerry Faust, you um, know, I love him, but, <laughs> you know, he said to me, he goes, I just don't think he would be a quarterback. Wow! wow. But I do think you'd be a tight end. Wow. <laughs> and I said, "Well, I love you. God bless." But I'm, I'm not sure you're a good judge of talent. <laughs> this is my 5'5 running forty win-aided, okay, with a buck eighty-five that caves my chest. Right, in. right. This isn't exactly the formula to block defensive ends. No. Um. So, um, that the the Jerry ability to Browns. kind of go to the Miami and compete against the best schools. Miami is always playing, um, yeah. Penn State's the. Uh, you know the best shirt sure, and Notre Dame's every year. So, and he said to me, and this is a great life lesson. He goes, "You can go home. You could people could tell you you got taken advantage of or you got a law deal. Because your whole rest of your life, you'll run from a challenge. Mm-hmm. Whenever the going gets tough, you don't. If you don't stand up to and face it. Now he goes, failure. He goes, failure isn't the end of the world. He goes, not trying is. He goes. He goes Great you can give that? it your best. You give it everything you got, and you have that complete focus to try, try, and 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 accomplish that goal. And then it doesn't materialize. Yeah, you'll be disappointed in that moment. But he goes, I guarantee you, you'll be able to be an old man like me, and you won't die from within. Because mm. if you run from this challenge now, at... I think it was I was eighteen. was going gonna say you have to be a kid. I run it from it at 18 yeah. years old, I'm 57 right now. I have to think about that every day of my life when we're not sleeping at night. Right. You know, that demon kind of eats you from behind. So that kind of taught me, and I love I to talk about this a little bit here today, and I love to talk about it for the kids and for younger people because you know, all of us are so active in the communities and yeah. their foundations and, you know, with, with Catch 81 and with the kids and stuff, teaching them, you know, the importance of it's okay to fail, Doing your best, though, because you could look yourself in the mirror, and that, that kind of life lesson really resonated strong with me. Wow. Yeah, Amazing. absolutely,
2: man. Amazing. You know, so while you're at the U, though, I mean, you accomplished basically everything. You talk about the national title. Yeah. and But what's crazy to me, Bernie, is you graduated in two and a half years from the U with two majors. I mean, what's, what the hell was your hurry, bro? Why were you so <laughs> eager to get well, out of there, man?
3: Yeah, you know, thanks. Um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I... Uh, School, school really came naturally to me. I mean, a lot of us in high school, yeah, we dream about being pro players. But the reality was I didn't think I was going to be a pro player. And my aspiration wasn't to, to just be a pit stop here right. and uh, get to the pros especially when you see Jim Kelly and Vinny yeah. Testaverde in your room. I mean, home slice, I ain't going anywhere with those guys there. Well, you somehow know? you figured it out. Yeah, so you have to figure it out, right. you know, that somehow, some way to, to figure out the Jimmy Johnson line of somehow, some way how to, how to get it done. And, and that was something that was really imperative to foundationally that I think we're able now to learn from. And I love how you guys kind of, give back, pass it forward, back to the kids, back to the communities. And I like to think I, I do the same stuff with that. So, no question. So at the U, what, what yeah. you were saying at the U, though, yeah. um, in terms of like some of the national championships or the Hail Flutie pass, um, <laughs> you know, and we, we believe this. We were talking earlier about the innate confidence, the innate belief, even in dire situations slash underdog situations, the belief that we're still the best. Yeah. I'm still best. I'm going to win, even when I'm not. You know, um but that belief in that that Nebraska game, the national championship that season, we really kind of had that belief and it was amazing amazing like kind of experience for my life, but taking it for, forward past that, I see some of the kind of maybe life lessons too as it parlays into the Hale Flutie pass basically 10 months later, right after the national after championship, team, yeah, they're really a good team, actually, a better football team than the team well, that so often, yeah. it's so crazy yeah. to me, yeah. yeah, And and um, again, not to be like over philosophical, but pride comes before the fall, and one of the things we always talk about play to the end, play to the whistle, never never uh celebrate, never let your mind check out, even if you're not celebrating, don't let your mind check out until mm. the game's over. <laughs> After the Hale Flutie pass, or the Hale Flutie game, that was kind of one of the first times. Actually, I I think I got caught swearing on TV. There was a little timeout Mm -hmm. with about 20, 25 seconds to go, and we had the ball first and goal at the 1, and there was a play called from um, upstairs. You know, some of our old coaches love Coach (laughs) Snelly, or Coach Johnson and Coach Gary Stevens, but they wanted to maybe get a little creative with a double reverse. It didn't go over well in my mind. Right. It didn't articulate. So there were, some, there were some bleeped words that came out. I apologize. My grandmother yelled at me after that. My dad. Well, it's a good thing
1: she doesn't watch the fish tank. Right. She'd really be yelling at me. Yeah. But,
3: but for that to happen, and then for, uh, we scored right after that play. Well, maybe 20 seconds left. Yeah. And um, it's actually the only time in my career I didn't continue watching because guys started celebrating, right, right. talking. Right. You remember the Hale Flutie play. We had regular people, um, regular defense on the field, not the right. not the it. guys mm-hmm. who could catch. Right. Well, obviously, right? <laughs> yeah. Or, or knock it down.
2: Yeah. Or knock or it down. <laughs> <saying or> <laughs> at least I can down. knock it down, right? Yeah. Oh man. Well, yeah, eighty three national title, you know, eighty four the flutie game. But then nineteen eighty five. at this point, you're considering the draft, but I think only seniors could be eligible for the draft yeah. at this point. But you were graduated yeah so talk about the supplemental draft and the controversy mm-hmm. that came when you uh decided to well excuse.
3: and to that and, and juice to the um why did i hustle so fast through school you know why yeah. did um you know i didn't really enjoy it as much from a social standpoint and part of it was when you're a, a lower demographic uh, person coming from northeastern ohio to live in Coral Gables at the University of Miami without any coin because right. yeah. you're not very popular right. anyway. Right. So, Well, actually, unless you start winning national right. championships. That had to help a little out. bit. Yeah, but the, there was not any image of lightness back then. Right. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was, actually, <laughs> I was tuned as a brainwashed Catholic and afraid of Coach Schnellenberger to do anything off task. Yeah. So really, uh, it, in a way, it, and we always had curfew at 11 o'clock. 365 days a year, oh, yeah. okay, at 11 o'clock. Okay, of course we hated it then, but it actually gave me an excuse to not be cool. Right. So, like, if guys wanted to go out. Guys wanted, needed to do things. As the quarterback, you know, you had to shepherd that. You right. had to get him out. And you had to get him back home without getting suspended. You <laughs> <Right. laughs> do things the right way. And then you've uh, you want to make sure that, like, everybody's ready for for it. So with an 11 o'clock curfew, it gave us that time to uh, to study and stuff, or, or at least be rested for that. And um, Really kind of why I went through it that quick for the supplemental and getting the draft, and again, I'm not trying to put this, say this today, in terms of put me up on a pedestal and, not, and it's absolutely nothing but love and uh, compliments towards my family, but we're from you know east Eastern Europe. We're are laborers in the steel mills. Okay, so when the steel mills closed in the late seventies, early eighties, besides you didn't have money to go to college, and really, sports and or academics was the only way to better yourself to right. improve from Youngstown, Ohio. Um, you weren't able to maybe figure out you know how to how to do all of that. So. My family didn't have a job. My, uh, I had young, I'm the oldest, so I have a sister, brother. They're coming up, wanting to go to college. Family not working. So with two years left, uh, my dad actually had a great idea and said, you know, you have to graduate if you take this level of classes, you could, you could um, graduate by the spring. So it was your father's idea. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So my father came, um, had studied so much. No, he. From the graduating, and then it was also his idea on the supplemental with the agents because back then um, you were able to trade supplemental picks. Yeah, and if if um, and the supplemental draft really wasn't used that much. So when the week before the draft in April was supposed to happen, um, again I keep saying this, but I really I'm a mommy's boy. I love my family. I want to go back home. They needed help. I believe I needed some help. It's easier for me to, you know, have your family friends around. But the NFL isn't really set up for that. No. Right? You know, it's just not set up. And then to uh, have the honor uh, to the University of Miami to have guys like really show my age here, but like uh, Bud Grant, the head coach for the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings, Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, he flew down and said, hey, uh, we're going to draft you. And I uh, grew up kind of watching them in the Super Bowls. You know, and he goes, "You're the guy that's going to put me over the over the hump." For that, I go, "You know, coach him." Um, and I hadn't even decided I wanted to come out to call out of college yet. And coach him. If I do, I'm gonna, I'm at the University of Miami because we are loaded. I mean, we knew we were going to come back and win. Right. But if not, if I do leave here, I'm going to go back home to Cleveland. I mean, it wasn't one personal. Yeah. It wasn't personal. It was just that from a life standpoint and helping your family. That's, Did that's he right. get yeah. that though, Bernie? He got that. Okay. Yeah, his, his general manager didn't get that. Okay, <laughs> so but I was going to say, great. somebody <laughs> didn't get Coach, it. Uh, Coach was great. So then, yeah, so then Minnesota and Houston, who made that trade, yep. now I'm not I'm not available for their draft, so then they ended up suing each other in the NFL. It's crazy. It was a massive lawsuit because, yeah, Minnesota, Houston, Oilers at the time, um, and actually – why I think it got a little trickier with the league people and um, Commissioner Pete Rozelle back then was because Al Davis and the Raiders liked me. And he liked the way I threw bombs and stuff. So they were working behind the scenes, yeah. almost like they did uh, in 83 to try to get Danny. You know, they loved quarterbacks that could throw down. Fast guys mm-hmm. and guys who could get it to the fast guys, right? right. It's, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's just so wild. Going back to what you said, what are you, 19, 20 years old? And yeah, you have 19, to make yeah. these decisions, yeah. and, and these, these NFL owners are suing each other, and the league's involved. <laughs> and oh, it's, it's a, crazy. And it's so, a 19, 20-year-old kid having to make a decision.
3: Yeah, it's hilarious it's to wild. me. I mean, to, I mean, when me and Juice met at age 23 and 87, 85 at 20 years old, people are looking at you like you're an adult. You know, right. you have all the answers. Right. I mean, really. And killing you if you make season. a decision
1: that they don't like. You yeah, know? yeah. And, and, I, and I give
3: a little shout out to here to, to some of the fans and listeners now, and they kind of talk about younger kids now Yeah. Um, coming into the league. With early, uh, with the ability now to get out of college early, you get a lot of younger kids in there. Yep, yeah. You know, and be patient on the kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just because I don't, you know, they don't do exactly what you want or I want make them bad guys. right? And, like, and let's, not, great let's, point. Not, let's not let them carry that issue for multiple decades for a, a possible mistake in their teens or early 20s. Such a great
1: point. Yeah, Such absolutely. a great point. So, uh, you know, I'm going to try and slide this in before all of the Cleveland nostalgia <laughs> just takes you over the whole darn go. interview. But, um, you know, you talk about Howard Schnellenberger and these decisions you had to make and, and what an influence he was in your life. Your list of coaches that you played for, Bernie, is crazy. So after Howard, Marty Schottenheimer, after Marty, Bill Belichick, after Bill, Jimmy Johnson, then Don Shula, then Jimmy again. What what was that like to play for each of those guys and to have? Look to have to make it to the NFL and have head coaches. Anybody who gets to that spot, you know, there's only well now 32 of those jobs. But these are legends. These are giants in. The game all time. Yeah. What was that like for you to have that type of mentorship or leadership or butting heads or I mean I can only imagine
3: all of the above. Yeah. And yeah. that's what's beautiful about football, all of the above, and as long as you end up with the right results, right. Okay. Those guys are completely happy with yeah, right. your edge. Get okay. me a W. <laughs> and I had an edge, you know, that sometimes was a little out there, but those being blessed. I mean, and, and I'm getting goosebumps, Seth, as you were talking to me a little bit about this. Me and Juice were talking about it yesterday. I mean, the honor for me to go from Howard Snellberger to Jimmy Johnson to Marty Schottenheimer, okay, to, to have uh, I had Bud Carson in the AFC Championship game, to have Bill Belichick, to have Don Shula, okay, <laughs> the, and, and then to um, have Jimmy Johnson. Again, I'm the, uh, the only player to have played with Coach uh, Johnson at, at the U., um, at the Cowboys and then at the Dolphins. So wow. very honored about that. It's pretty cool. Coach Cower, um was a coach with me as a, my rookie year and player in 84, 84 and 85. And when you get a chance to meet those type of guys, okay, and that type of leadership, how could you not really learn? How do you not really grow? Right. And, again, as the wannabe le- uh, levity guy, as the wannabe humorist, okay, <laughs> With the shade of factuality, that's injection. all you need
1: is just a shade and of it. Unfortunately, <laughs>
3: unfortunately, there's a lot of factuality in this, but I'm going to say there's a shade of it. But at the Hall of Fame this year, it was a super honor for me to be in Northeast Ohio at the Pro Football Hall of Fame and to see uh, Jimmy Johnson going in there. But for me to see, uh, to have been with Coach Cower um, when he was our special teams coordinator and. Somebody that I socially went out with with the group because he went from a player to a coach, so right. you know that. Yeah, great. I was gonna say you right. probably weren't yeah, on a yeah. lot of
1: special teams. No, so I was, <laughs> no, but I, I not imagine.
3: I was out on a lot of restaurant bars. That I believe. At night, okay? <laughs> that part I buy. Okay, so when you're when you're with those guys, and I'm gonna say this the right way, and please edit it up the right way. Got <laughs> good So um, I'm popping out of the hall, uh, popping in to get to the Hall of Fame. Jimmy's getting ready to get his award, and there's me. Bill Cower and um, Bill Belichick. Oh man! And, and um, taking a picture of the three of them, four of us in there, and uh, I had looked at them and their language is not appropriate for our podcast today. <laughs> oh, well, uh, well, we're well, actually good. Yeah, we're
1: wide open absolutely. here, but you, yeah. you choose your words. Uh, so <laughs> I had. I, I'm
3: looking at them, and then, and again, I, I mean, this is the utmost in pride because they're in the Hall of Fame, massively, deservingly. Sure. That is their home for eternity. But I joked, I said, I knew you guys when you couldn't get in here. <laughs> right, right. Okay. <laughs> and, right. And my edge gave you an edge. <laughs> That's right. Because right. early in your careers you got a big dose of me. <laughs> That's right. It. That's and, right. And that it. and that kind of X's and O's and that coaching player type relationship always is tricky, but when you're able to um when you're able to really back up your statistics, or back up your facts, and you back up your uh, your philosophical beliefs, the, those were great coaches that, yeah, they were um, disciplined, yeah, they were stubborn, yeah, they had their way of doing things, but boy, if you could show them logically and intelligently a better way, or a way to get a W, they were all over right? Yeah, sure. And I love I mean, Coach Shula, I mean, we, we came in, this is really to show my age, but you know, we had no technology. I'm still terrible with this technology stuff, but we were we started with Coach Shula, Danny, myself. That was right when the uh, microphones started mm-hmm. in the league and the helmets. Mm-hmm. You know, so for you know Coach Shula to you know, you know he's the Hall of Famer, the most wins ever, and he's letting me call plays. You know, yep. in the Gary Stevens, so yeah. cool. Gary Stevens is cocking to Danny and. Being able to call plays and trusting you, yeah, to call those plays, oh, yeah. moving personnel groups in and out, just changing plays, yeah, <laughs> just because they work, yeah. um, and him trusting me to do that, I couldn't, I couldn't thank him enough um, for things like that. Yeah,
2: we're then we're definitely gonna talk a little bit more about absolutely, them. but you know, but Seth's trying to he's trying to gloss over you know this whole Cleveland thing.
1: I just was because, trying to get something uh, you know, in here. We, oh.
2: You not we're not gonna let you skip over the whole Cleveland but thing that we a, got. Here's here, a great, yeah.
1: here's a
3: great like uh, Cleveland coach Shula story that actually I was joking with you a little bit last night. So you're you're um, I think you're a senior at Penn State, and I, I was chuckling as we came in here that the, the, my career matches up. Playing quite a few games against Offerdahl, right? Okay, so in um, one of our games, he um, first series of the drive, he uh, rolls my ankle, and I snap my, my right ankle, which my first surgery, thirty five surgeries later, right. still dealing with that. But um, I I end up playing the whole rest of the game on it, yeah, being a five five. Running quarterback, I Dude. wasn't a speed guy. Right, so you massively. didn't need that ankle. I didn't. have, I didn't have that option. So okay. that was what we had here. It's a yeah, 1992
1: yeah. season opener, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. A Monday night game. So it was in the first quarter. First
3: series, he yeah. rolls it. So I, yeah. I snap it. And, and in the old days, I don't recommend this for kids. Don't do this, children. <laughs> mothers, don't allow your kids to do this. But you know, we were taped up, so they don't take the tape off um, because I wouldn't let them. Because you know, it's going to you want uh, to blow up, blow up, mm-hmm. and then you're definitely not playing. And I had this massive phobia about, you know, leaving the game, especially Monday Night Football, with a not a real injury. You know, right. like, what if you find out the next day I had a twisted ankle? Right. right, It wasn't broken. broken. Right. I would not want to face you. Right. I just wouldn't That's want to right. be in the locker room. It goes back to Ed You in your head, right? right I'm not yeah, going to sit in that room on Tuesday and look at film after I tapped out. <laughs> yeah. <and laughs> right. my I had little boo-boo. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, oh, so it just man. doesn't work like that. So no. I'm. Proudly, you know, you you get into that focus, that intensity, that mindset where you can really block that issue out. And, you know, it sounds cocky, but, you know, proudly threw a couple touchdowns in yeah. the fourth quarter, you know, to make plays like that. Yeah. Brandy was sick, man. Yeah. He was so much
1: fun. No to doubt. Uh, Johnny yeah. O, oh, I hope, gives you, like, yeah. a lifetime son- well, supply of some bagels. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
3: I could get long-winded here, but to Coach Shula, though, then I play the game. Go the next day. We leave the stadium. Back then, they never wanted anybody to know you were hurt. Go, dude, you saw my ankle right, snap. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So they didn't give me crutches. So I could walk out with a oh, broken ankle on that. I get up the next morning, and my phone's blowing up with 954 and 305 numbers. Knowing, you know, you're yeah. in an issue. You mm-hmm. don't feel good. You don't answer the phone. Right. Finally, I kind of answered around 11 o'clock. It's Don Shule. Wow. You know, and... Technically, you're not allowed to do that. I was going to say, he's right. not supposed to make that call, right in theory. On. In theory, you're not supposed to make that. Right. But okay, in the old days, the old school, there, there was a relationship. Yeah. There was a mutual respect. Right. We knew each other from college, from the University of Miami days, through Coach Schnellenberger and stuff. And I, I don't want to get overly emotional nor glorify this, um, but him calling me up and saying, you know, I've I played – I've coached an enormous amount of quarterbacks over the years. And I go, I don't think I've ever seen. That's the toughest performance wow. I've ever seen. And when the opposing coach. Yeah. You know, who you just play. And, and it's that expect, coach, that guy, right? It's acting, not just yeah, any opposing yeah, coach. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's an coach icon. Coach That, was, a, that wow. was amazing. Yeah, amazing.
2: yeah. Well, Coach, you know, day, Coach knows how, you know, Cleveland, Ohio, Northeastern Ohio. Oh, here guys. we go. Oh, here Ohio. we Coaches go. from
1: there. I'm from there. Today. we know how it is. Yeah, you know I get I mean? it. But you know what? I'll give him a hall pass for making that call. It wasn't like he was trying to <laughs> recruit you the next year yeah. yet. And so he was just, you know, giving you your flowers yeah. there. So that's that's. Cool. Pretty and
3: into cool. and the into the Johnny Offerdall thing. Okay, so he gets my ankle, breaks it. Okay. Still having issues with it, so if I'm limping today, thanks a that. <laughs> um, lot, Johnny o. But um, then we play the next day. Uh, we play the, I uh, think a year later, and I'm not the most muscular guy, and John, uh, John dives into my quad, okay, and so I'm going to sound like I'm really muscular here, <laughs> but it's not. Somehow though, I, I must have bowed up, okay, and he mm. separates his shoulder, ah. okay, so now it's one to one, Right. okay. He's <laughs> out for the year. I'm out for a while. Now we fast forward to um, I think Juice your your rookie year '93, Um, but we're playing, and he um, he then dives. Because uh, you're not allowed to dive at legs not anymore, anymore, but John right. was good at at that. yeah that.
1: He said, John was good. It was a real talent of his.
3: Yeah, so he, uh, <laughs> so he goes, uh, so now I'm out for the year. I got another, I got an ACL, so it's two to one, okay? Right. He's got yes, he the end now. now. the big man, the bigger man that I like to think I am, I call John up and I go, hey, man, this is not conducive to either of our families, nope. either right. of our careers. You know, could we maybe call it a draw? You got me more than you, so I could, you know, we could call it a draw. And, uh, hey, I'll invest in your offered all's bagels. Okay? So, <laughs> I got a number in there. I'd like you to pay me back. Okay? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, I think you but, do. But, you know, we're trying to show everybody you now how to get great. along. in yeah. offense and defense and that. Uh, I love it. Oh, good my God, that's
2: so good. Him and Johnny O. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah, yeah Johnny I thought he was good at, he was good good at that. good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well, you know, Bernie, after nine years in Cleveland, then you're off to Dallas and um, reunited with Jimmy Johnson. But this time is in a backup role, you know, backing up Toy Aikman. How did you take that, that first time ever probably in your life? I know you talk about your college days with all those guys ahead of you. You know, obviously your high school days were amazing. You're starting all this time. But as a pro, your first time as a backup, how was
3: that? Yeah, you know, as, as you're saying that, boy, I'm thinking um, – I was uh I was released from the Browns. We were like five and two or five and three. Me and Coach Belichick had had some issues, but mm-hmm. we're in first place. So you know the old AFC Central for um, if you're in first place and you're doing good, that's typically right. you know you'll you'll deal with type stuff. And um, as, as as you're uh, as you're mentioning that backing up, I. Uh, so the, my last pass, besides my last pass to you, I can't wait to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. My right. last pass to Brown was uh uh the we that Sunday before, and I'd come up with a little vision and a play that we hadn't really done. And so, so the genius
2: hey, man. And, he was, was, was drawn up day, in the sand so nice. So man. I
3: I mean, so it was in Cleveland it was uh we didn't have grass, so it was mud that was spray painted green. And I knew I had, you know, when I change plays or uh, alter plays, I might do it not to be uh, vindictive or spiteful. It's because there's a better statistical chance of success. The analytics, Travis would love this right sure. now. Period. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I had seen, like, I had seen that they, uh, I, um, they were squatting their safeties, and this is what's happening in the game today. Mm-hmm. So to do it like a square and take off. Yep. So, but we had never done that. So to articulate it. You know, and not everybody had the same telepathic gifts that you and me had. So I went into the ground to draw, draw it. In, in, in the mud. In the green mud. Because I wanted to make sure he saw it. You got to right. sell, sell the this square thing. You got to sell it. Oh, I love you it. Know? And i um kind of proud, you know, that we, it worked. Yeah. You know, 60-yard touchdown. I'm coming to saw, cruising the sideline with a little bit of a smile on my face. And uh, Bill met me there with not the same smile. <laughs> And, but I thought it was levity because yeah. you know we go out there to score, right? right. You know, Period. so I, I my response wasn't well, probably wasn't appropriate either. Um, but then I'm I'm released the next day. Wow, and we're in first place, and 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 again, just not to. after, after throwing a sixty-yard touchdown pass, right? Yeah, but not and not to get off on a homily, but uh, for kids and again life lessons of of how football teaches you how to mature, grow up, and um, and and Deal with issues, you know. I'm released, and I think that it's the end of the world. You know, I'm. Um, I lost three AFC Championship games. Okay, I'm not going to the Super Bowl. I'm not the. You man. didn't lose them. I, come on, well, remember those? Well, thanks. I know you're
2: team player. I get it, bro. You know, so, I mean, but you're some, thinking, some, Yeah, you're that was that like was heartbreakers and, for so us. So
3: in college, you know, uh, Coach, uh, yeah, Coach Snellberger with the with the national championship. Now, us, uh, for right or wrong, us QBs are judged, whether you got a ring Absolutely or not. You know, so I'm I'm thinking that's done with, you know, i I have to leave my family. I'm not staying in Northeast Ohio. You're probably as low as you can get. And then the next day, 'cause Danny uh Danny was hurt at the time too. So right? I got Coach Shaw in Cleveland and, and right. Jimmy Johnson right. calling me um to go to their teams. Wow. And um being friends with Steve DeBerg. You know, yep. not wanting to kind of take his spot. Right. You know, I mean, there's a code amongst right. these guys, right. you right. know. And then Coach Johnson comes and calls me. To, so they get the chance to go down there and at the lowest point um, of your life and you think that it's over. And I, I say that the challenge, not to glorify me, but to tell kids and people to stick through it. Mm-hmm. Because if you keep persistence with it, the, the results fall through, and here I am in Dallas. Troy tears his hamstring, so I really end up playing about ten of the games. Mm-hmm. You know, I get end up in the NFC Championship game, kind of getting the monkey off my back. Yeah, you know, to be able to win an NFC Championship game, so I don't get a participation trophy. <laughs> right, anymore. right, right. You know, so you got me, enough of those. Yeah. So to be able to to go on and have a meaningful role within the team, and then to Very understand cool. understand that. Um, even in your bleakest moments, you know, you're almost being tested. And if you can come out the other side of that, it's been one of the just amazing kind of life lessons to, to kind of pull pull from there. Yeah. I mean, man, Shula and Johnson yeah. coming after you, bro. And yeah,
2: you got Aikman. And then right after that, you come down to Miami because you do get to Shula. And you're yeah. with Danny. Talk, yeah. talk about that. You know, I mean, you win it, you know, you win it all with, with Dallas. And you come to Miami and you're with your boy Danny at that point.
3: You know, to to have the opportunity at the end of my career, I knew after, it's almost like people say, um, when you won the national championship, when you won the Super Bowl, when you, you won the NFC Championship, whatever the wins are, how excited you were, um, how um, the adrenaline rushes. But I actually would say, probably the antithesis. It's almost a sense of relief, yeah. you know, a relief. So yeah, once you, yeah, once you kind of got the national championship in college and your degree. It's okay to go, you know. Once you right. kind of got this here um, in Dallas, got it on, of course. You know, it was okay to kind of maybe grow another way and um, to learn under Coach Nollberg or Coach Shula um under Coach Nollberg. But really, that system was Coach Shula's in the 1972 perfect season Dolphins, where Coach Snelly was the offensive coordinator and yeah. Coach Shula the head coach. I mean, it's really an evolution of the Dolphin, the Dolphin system. For for us to be able to um, kind of learn those type things with those type coaches was just invaluable.
1: No question. So well, and and speaking yeah. of that, I mean, how did like you said, you you literally ran the clock out in Dallas, yeah? yeah? Right. You know, got the ring, yeah. and you had gotten those two calls a year mm-hmm. earlier from Jimmy and Coach Shula. So was it was it strictly that opportunity to go play for Coach Shula, or was it the fact you could go back to Miami and you maybe felt that. You know, now I am ready to to go out past eleven o'clock and let me go in. <laughs> so Well, no, it me. I mean past so eleven because I was married
3: and I had a house down here in Weston. Yeah. So, marrying. Oh, you I'm already good, did at that. Yeah, point. I, was, okay. I was married, had kids, and my my uh, ex wife is is from here. So, her and her family were here, and and uh, had a nice setup from that standpoint. Also, again, like we were saying, it's a little bit of the pressure yeah. of having the, to be the guy you know, was almost released from me. Sure. So I had an opportunity to to kind of want to learn and grow. And from a family standpoint, you know, being with my family back there. And then, again, being a chance to be with Dan Marino. Um, Gary Stevens was my coordinator yeah. in college, and probably one of the longest-serving coordinators under Don Shula, yeah. here with the Miami Dolphins and, and Jimmy Johnson. I mean, amazing type people that are ins- influential in my foundational um, yeah. Learning, uh, learning of that, and then having and uh, you know I'm I I say this I have to say this on air because I, I I say it privately behind his back all the time. I have a really high opinion of myself and my ability to be accurate and throw the football. Yeah, just love it. Okay, even though as you age out, maybe it's not as good as it was back then, but going to watch Dan Marino mm. throw the football, just warming up is like art. It's like watching. It's like watching a uh, a, sympathy, a sympathy, and yeah. the way he throws the football, and his ability with the release, and and you integrate that with good sound, detailed assignments where the coaching staff actually has players and the system in place to maximize yeah. their abilities, with with. Debatably, the the best thrower for sure I've ever seen in the football with Dan. It was it was so much fun to to, um, to kind of maybe not have all that pressure and be able to genuinely help um, and and to learn from from those
1: guys it was absolutely one of the more funner funner times I've had. Uh, so I don't know if you guys can appreciate this because you both did it at the highest of levels, but for like. Somebody who just watched the game is a fan, of game, a fan of the game. To hear someone who had the success that you had of throwing the ball, but like, I wanted to go to this team because I wanted to watch this guy throw yeah. the rock. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that is super cool. cool. I mean, that you is take like, cool like
3: okay, I joke about my inability to run. Okay, it, it is. I am really <laughs> slow. Jo-
1: um, well, you Dan, didn't come to see Danny run either. Oh, I know Dan, that. Oh, <laughs> I know. Oh,
3: but Dan had the same type of reputation and the right. same type of lack of speed. But Dan Marino moving within a two to two and a half yard right you know six to seven and a half feet pocket area with his ability to stay down the field with his eyes and know that Seth's gonna wipe me out. Okay, but I can still shuffle a little bit, you know, two and a half feet to my right and hit juice across the field with that quick dart. It's 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 easier to say here, yeah. You know, I mean, but yeah. when you're yeah, there, a lot of guys could do And, in, it. and again, I, I I never wanted to be the guy who was the old guy who said, "Oh, back when we played, right? Oh, god." And yeah. I love the way these kids play. Welcome to the I, fish tank. I, I love their intensity. <laughs> okay, I, I, their hits, the uh, their strength, their speed. When there is contact, okay, those are massive collisions. Yeah. Okay, massive. In the old days, though. Those massive collisions were every other minute. And, you know, getting hit two, five times a game as opposed to seeing him getting wiped out, you know, 20 times a game. Well, you guys just weren't as protected back then as you know. the rules
1: protect right. quarterbacks. Show. Show. I mean, you talked about with Johnny yeah, O and some other stuff not being stuff old guy or young guy. It's just yeah. the rules you, have changed. They try, to
2: take quarter, they, you, they try to take quarterbacks out, especially like if you throw an interception. First, got it hunting up with quarterbacks. Oh, so you take them out,
3: you hit him, and then the game changes completely. for all the kids who get into what we're doing, and please uh, learn and enjoy the game from us. But we joked about it, but that was the levity and factual. If you threw a pick, you you were going to get wiped out by the defensive lineman. So, it was going to be cheap it was going to be away from the action yeah. and you just got to deal with it and a matter of fact your own coaches would say oh you deserved it right that exactly. was the, my
1: and, turned over my football and i have to say
3: uh, as a i don't want to sound like a narcissist but um i felt like i deserved it yeah you know you actually see some cues myself included at times you make a mistake you throw a bad play you throw a pick um Yeah, you stick your head in there because I'd rather do that and get wiped out than have to do the press conference and say why I stunk throwing that stupid interception. I mean, that's how personal I took it. And I I don't, you know, from the the W&L standpoint and just from the relationship standpoint, I don't want to hang out with these guys if I sucked. Right, right. So, so you got to go well, look I, I, can, I
2: can actually tell you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, we, we, I'm
3: not going to be it. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be the yeah, reason. Yeah. And that's why we all bond. We don't want to be the reason why we failed, why we didn't come home with a W. Makes Isn't sense. That? So,
2: all right, Seth. Enough talking with what you got to talk about, man.
3: <laughs> you I mean, taking the
1: reins for me? I'm, I'm going to take over from here, yeah. home, Seth. think about Seems it, about man. right.
3: You know,
2: Bernie led my favorite team for close to a decade, bro. Yep. And then for me to have Bernie Co-Star come into our locker room. You know, one of my favorites of all time, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a – and what really impressed me the most, I knew he was already smart. You know, I knew he graduated from two and a half years. He just told us about drawing up plays in the mud in Cleveland, you know, on the spot and, and making them work. But how prepared he was, how much how much knowledge he had of the offense, how he used to quiz Danny on every road trip. You know, I'm sure home games too, maybe in the hotel. But you could see it on the plane – No matter how long the flight was, he's quizzing Danny about the plays and adjustments and all this stuff, man. You know, Danny was prepared, but Danny, I mean, but Bernie had him super prepared. He was always so prepared. Like an additional quarterback. Like, I mean, he was always, and you talk about this because a lot of times you see the backup guy with Dan. You know, we really have a QB1 and QB1 when we have Bernie, but he's, he's ready to play if he has to. Sometimes you see it nowadays where these guys that come in as backups look like they're not prepared to play. Bernie was always ready man what you took so much pride in that all that preparation and, and film study and you know, we can talk we got some other things we'll yeah. talk about man but I, I remember seeing you in film and it was like just listening to you talk was just amazing and how he drew these plays up we actually had some plays where Bernie was like all right they're gonna be we're gonna run this side's gonna run man routes this side's gonna run zone routes and no matter what they do' they're not gonna be able to stop us so he he designed it where this would be man side zone side during man he's gonna be looking Front side. Wait, Zondi Bernie was the, designing Bernie, the play. Yeah.
1: Bernie was. So what's was, Gary yeah. doing? He'd go out for a run and a cigarette break. Yeah, That's <laughs> part. <he did. laughs> That's the
3: cool thing about Gary Stevens, Don Shula, and the foundation that they laid with us that I would challenge younger coaches now to probably understand a little bit. They would learn it so good. Okay. And they, your job was, they would teach you it. And then they would say, you have to know this. Mm. You, it is your job to change these places. It is your job
1: to come up with this.
3: Because I, ca- I taught you. Right. I'm comfortable but with But do you myself. think everybody got that,
1: Bernie? Or did you think because you had the unique ability no, no, to make no, it happen? He,
3: not, not everybody got that because you have to show you deserve to get that. That's when, what I'm saying. And right. when you do get that, you got to be right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I... Right, not to be cocky, but I, I showed I was. I, I right, more get, than you were wrong.
1: Right, and, yeah. and
3: it makes it makes us all look good. Right, like I don't need to get the credit for it. Matter of fact, I prefer it. I've done this in an inordinate amount of times because of look you know, at us athletes and coaches. We all have, sometimes have our egos. So um, it's okay. Yeah. I absolutely don't Always. mind yeah. saying that you came up with the play. Right. right, or you called it. You know, as long as you score. Right, exactly. Right, <laughs> you know I'm exactly it doesn't right. matter. I don't. You don't need you <laughs> get to the say. result. <laughs> yeah, and that. And that type of um, that type of mindset was um, this is super beneficial. You know, super beneficial to me.
1: Very cool. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's still Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so yeah, I do. I don't know why we have you on here, but uh, yeah, I, I because you I don't know if you remember it like away. it was yesterday, Big Seth. No, but, I do well I, I remember watching but it. I, but I do remember we're in an offensive meeting room and everybody still talks about this. Obviously you talked about some situations. We're sitting in an offensive meeting room and Bernie comes up with the with the spike play. He said, Here, "Here's this play we're going to run. We're going to be able to run it once and once only."
1: Was it and that it, week? Was it? That I, don't know, no. I think we had it in there. We were, yeah. So here's
3: here's yeah. this and the spike play, the clock play, mm-hmm. in 1985 and 86. Okay, I'm a rookie in the NFL. Now the clock play we ran, in, I think it was 1994. Okay, the yeah. first time it it showed its face was in the Jets' double overtime game in the playoffs in 1986 with me in the Jets. I didn't know that. And uh, an awesome, awesome brother of mine, uh, Gary Danielson, okay. was my mentor. So yeah. like Dan Mar- uh, Don Strock was to Dan Marino, um, Gary Danielson was to me. And I, um, I do not believe in wasting plays at all. So I do not like the spike, uh, this the random spike play just to stop the clock especially when you know it's 35 seconds to go and you're at the 35 yard line and the cornerback is 12 yards off I mean I could spike it in 1.5 seconds or I could throw a 6 yard speed out in 2.3 seconds and you could run out of bounds with a 9 yard gain I'm trusting this yeah. math yes, yeah. less than 3 seconds exactly so right. for those less than 3 seconds um for the delta of really 1.4 to 1.5 seconds, I could could get 8 to 10 yards to increase my percentages of my field goal. So it was just a way to kind of not not take plays off, to take advantage of the defense being lazy or confused or not knowing. But then in the 80s, 85, 86, 87, press coverage started coming into this world. Mm -hmm. So bump press coverage. So the adjustment I said off of that this is like Christmas morning for me. God loves me, okay? Home slice is going to press, okay? And he's going to think I'm spiking it, and I'm just going to run by him, you know? So me and Gary came up with this, took a hard sell job. Bless Lindy Infante and um, Marty Schottenheimer. Took a a couple months of selling, uh, positioning, talking, showing up at coaches' meetings, not leaving the practice watching film to the nth degree to show you... For this how, one play. For this one play. Right. Wow. So, um But it's a playoff game. Come on. Hey. Right, right, CD. right. You never know when this one play right? going to change your yeah. whole life. Yeah. You know, I've, I mean, I've been I'm in drives. Cool. I've been on, like, God bless Ernest Biner, the fumble, oh, okay. you know, the <laughs> Hail Mary. We were talking about one play affects whole lives. Yeah. So I OCD on that stuff because mm-hmm. I don't want to be it. Right. So if I have to make plays i create i have a kind of a in my back pocket a set of plays a set of things you do in duressful (laughs) situations you got to do that stuff so being able to do that so i in 1986 playing the jets we're down 10 with like three and a half minutes to go so i didn't wear a mouthpiece because i talk so much (laughs) <laughs> don't I don't listen to me kids kids yeah the the over 100 concussions the seizures I don't have hockey players don't have front teeth um, I don't have back teeth from uh, not wearing them so That's now, now, watching you didn't, my right? mentor Jim Kelly we have those issues we've had those issues so that's kind of why I do so much holistic medicine right now but mm-hmm. like to get knocked out okay on uh, by gastino. Um, with three and a half minutes to go. We just talked about yeah. him. I was asked yeah. who my
1: least favorite jet of all time was. Right. Well, he's hey. a Mark Aston. Well, he's
3: my favorite. Okay. <laughs> I had thrown two picks to blow the game, okay, uh, with about four and five minutes to go. And we're down 10 with three and a half, three and a half, four minutes to go. And he knocks me out, but he gets roughing he the He gets court. a roughing he penalty. He gets a roughing penalty. And long story short, but we score a touchdown, and then we get the ball back, and... I hit a couple bombs to Webster Slaughter. Down the sideline, we're at the two-yard line, the end of regulation. Here it comes. Because I had run the clock play in the second quarter against those guys okay, in 1986, but the component was they were off. So I just hit a couple of outs. So it just looked like Didn't I was throwing the outs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So now it's the end of the game. I'm going to nail them on this. I'm cruising on the field like I know what I'm going to do. But our guys are celebrating going nuts. So I got to get them situated. And then I got to call the clock play for that. And I call it then, too. And it worked almost perfectly, except I didn't have the exact accuracy of the great Dan Marino. <laughs> so I underthrew it by a shade. OK, so it gets knocked down incomplete. So nobody really knows. And why I bring that up is from I knew it was right. So now I know I'm I've nailed it. And me and Gary have. So now, every day of my life, from 1986, um, I made every coach and every team practice that. Wow. Because, like how you and me were talking about eye contact, telepathic talking, you know, not using words, the ability to get a thought across. Um, when you do it daily like that, you know, it becomes ingrained in you. Mm-hmm. So the coaches thought it was crazy, you know matter of fact, the whole rest of my Cleveland career, that scenario never came up. 87, 88, 89, 90, 91, 92, you know, 93. I get cut um, from the Browns, but Belichick, everybody had it in and, and to the point where now I go down to Dallas, I put it in with North Turner and the Cowboys and Jimmy Johnson, but this situation doesn't come up. But we practiced it every single time. Get to the Dolphins, and I... With, with, again, with Gary Stevens and Coach Shula, you know, we start looking at film. I, I have all my breakdowns and I show them, and we practice so it cool. all the time. And to me, now it's uh, we all should be super proud of this because you don't go to a high school, college, or pro game plan book and you don't see clock it, spike play, how you defense it. I mean, it's been turned into a whole offense really and a is. whole philosophical. Yeah belief in itself, and it really just transpired from not wanting to take a playoff and, you know, taking advantage of what the defense could give you. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. It, it is
2: amazing too, because it's funny, because you, you ran it on rookie Aaron Glenn. Yeah. Now, he, now he's a defensive coordinator he in the NFL. And so I'm
1: wondering if he's he teaching that. I bet he's I coaching I that up right now. Yeah, you know. yeah, Yeah.
3: And <laughs> he's coming to Cleveland this week. For that. Yeah. I
1: guarantee you he is. And <laughs> yeah. let me tell you this, and you may not like it, but as a Dolphins fan, I'm glad they knocked it down. I'm glad you underthrew it in Cleveland <laughs> back in 86. Yes. Yeah. Right.
3: Hey, and actually, and it teed up so perfect because we're on the microphone. So I'm able to talk with, with, Coach Coach, Shula, Coach Stevens, and then Danny. And Danny hit one of, he had one of those mi- beautiful second halves where he was just dicing the Jets yeah. on a two-minute drill. So he's moving up and down at will. So uh, he ends up down around the five-yard line after like a 40, 50-yard pass. So you have that whole 50-yard jog <laughs> to talk through it, mm-hmm. set it up, and juice just... Uh, Point so perfectly like, and Aaron Glenn's phenomenal yeah but he was a true rookie yeah okay against Mark Ingram and so he got toasted but actually he actually played he it did. Great. he did like, he wasn't napping he wasn't taking a playoff it was just the great Dan Marino just diced a diced a shot in there yeah. but in theory like it felt bad because he got uh He's been the focal point. Yeah, somebody had to be. Yeah. Uh, and, and Pete Carroll got fired. Yeah. mean yeah. that was yeah. that, that turned him into the USC, that whole – he ended up getting the USC job. So, he should be thanking you as well. Yeah. I
2: think they are. <laughs> we, had, we actually had a couple guys on the offensive line that took that playoff.
3: You know, it's supposed to be blocked solid, <laughs> yeah, and then he still got
1: hit. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. Did they not get the memo? Like, <laughs> no, no. Happened.
3: And you – because it's such a sell job, you know, and, the, you're, and you're tired and you've been banged around in your heads and stuff. But – that that would be something that would happen in practice. Um, guys would all say, sitting here, I I I know it, I won't forget, I won't get tricked. Right. Two guys got tricked It's just <laughs> made the Dan's little move in the pocket even better <laughs> Right. before right. that throw. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. You oh know. man. That's funny, man. You know, you had mentioned too the um um kind of the coming up of creating of plays, the man's own concepts of the early and mid '90s, back when actually you were able to really mug tackle the defensive uh, defensive backs could do that on releases right. to wide receivers. To see now, like because back then it used to be just almost straight man plays, whereas like those pick plays, mm-hmm. oh, you, know, you could pick and you can run straight man plays. But if they don't play man, your play's dead. And since I'm not able to run, there's nothing. You don't want me holding the ball six yards behind the line of scrimmage. Oh, okay. Funny. And nowhere to throw the <laughs> pill to. Okay. So, you know, being able to come up with creative options and, and adjustments for yourself to make it successful. So now, you know, those man, man on one side, zone on the others, um, where you could really in two minutes beat, um, beat defenses and really pick up what their, um, their game plan and the signals are. Because the the middle linebackers and the safeties, after four or five plays, I'm listening to them. I know what they're saying. Right. I am I'm acting like I'm not listening, but I know right. what they're saying. I've got the signals. Right. And then being an old guy, you know, you keep notes. So, yep. Juice, to your point, me and Danny, a lot of the stuff I had, I have a um, kind of a library of notes of coaches and players and things that are kind of checklists have we digitized
1: that yet or is it still sitting
3: on a note card somewhere (laughs) you already told me about your technology right there (laughs) waiting to happen right there (laughs) you know and to be able to 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 keep those type of records on those type guys yeah you know and be able to kind of pull it at will like that um because they say well well you know that i know you you know i know i actually told you that um i'm not going to do that against you because you know me But in the heat of battle, it's amazing. Even at this professional level, with coaches making lots of millions and players making lots of millions, then the heat of battle in the fourth quarter and the games online, you revert to who you are a lot of the time. So if you're a blitzer, you're coming. You know, if you're soft and you're a passive guy, you're probably playing zone. I mean, those things crystallize in deep moments. Mm. And again, I could spend a lot, an inordinate amount of time, to come up with something that will help me for one play. Yeah. Oh man,
1: so cool.
2: Man. That's good. Cool. Good stuff right there, man.
3: No doubt.
1: Was well, so, another one play I know you. Want oh to talk yeah, about. yeah, definitely,
2: man. So in '96, your last year, Bernie, you're with us, and we just sent Urban Fryer up to Philadelphia, and oh, uh, he he was obviously pissed off at us because yeah. he went off on us a little bit. So we spent a lot of time playing catch up in that game. Yeah. But one pass that uh, we had in that game, and you threw me your final touchdown pass, man. You know, for me to, you know, obviously grow up with Bernie from high school and then, you know, being able to, you know, watch him with the Browns and, then of course, you know, playing with the Dolphins, man, to be able to catch his final touchdown pass, Big man, meant the world. Tell
3: final me, touchdown, the, but actually final pass, pass too. This is the That's literally the final pass, pass of your touchdown. career. I mean, yeah, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. We know where that football is?
3: I
2: think we do, Big okay. Seth. I think we do. Come. Priest, can you hand me this, please?
1: Wow. Wow.
3: You know, as we're doing that, I don't want to cry here, okay? Because I,
1: okay I am highly emotional and stuff, but,
3: you Thanks, know, the, one of the things we talk about is the, kind of the telepathic, and we're talking about the man's own plays. They have a whole other concept of plays. Wow. Look at
1: that. Been a while since you let that one
3: go. Yes,
1: man. Yes, actually had more
3: air. Had
2: more air than that's that's more of a Brady ball, but that's okay.
1: (laughs) So, so the
3: guy this literally got goosebumps. I'm gonna try to pretend to be an adult. (laughs) Try to pretend to be professional here, but it's highly emotional on this, and you know, even on that play at the 19-yard line. Okay, it's. OJ in the slot, okay, was amazing. I do I actually wish you weren't here because I don't want to spoil your cranium <laughs> too much on this now. But the the in the old days, we talked earlier. You're able to really grab hold. Welcome. Yeah. You know, Philadelphia was yeah. like that a lot. And for him, like first today, he'd catch a million passes because nobody jams the inside slot receivers. And would get free, release free releases. <laughs> he'd be up on safeties before you know it. But he ran, we had a thing called a middle read. And actually, I'm, again, real proud of how I could throw because that's how I made my living um, winning games. Dan Marino is, again, at another level of throwing that middle read. So before I even got to Miami, uh, Juice and, and, and Danny had that rock, that uh, played down. But, man, even in that game, I'm looking at the seven receptions. You know, for you to get open and catch that pass, I mean, of course that's emotional. But, man, we used to do that thing called eye contact. Mm-hmm. You know, we've loosely talked about it today. And when you're able to, like, have, like, I, I, I'm not saying this to, just to be on TV, man. I genuinely love you. And when you're able to get in that mode of, of people, you see, we, in the old days, I, I like to see this in our teams. We really lived together. Yeah. We spent all of our time. And we'd was more time with our families, and you could actually be without even saying words, you could get into it. So, like things today, like when they're um, you see guys uncovered or numbers out there throwing the ball to the uncovered guy, yeah. Even though it's a running Runway. play, yeah. Like yeah. when I put that stuff in in like the late '80s, early '90s, and they're like, "You're gonna call illegal uh, lineman downfield?" No, they're not. Those old, the old ref, the old linesman, they can't even see that stuff, <laughs> okay, right. so like just throw it to them, yeah. you know, and I mean, that ability that you and me had to just know it, you know, and and you'd give a quick eye contact glance and make a throw like that, and then for it to be the last, the last pass, like that, I mean, it's the emotion, um, the love of that, and then as the wannabe humorist, I remember coming over to the sidelines um, of this, and, uh, I love the sports, and I guess as a guy from the Cleveland Dog Pound, I can't chastise any other team's fans. But on the sidelines, I went over in Philadelphia, who has their own jail, their own judge and they boo Santa Claus. Yes, they do. Okay, so um, I was drinking some back then. They threw about 30 beers on us. Okay, so um, the football doesn't look like it got you, man. Nah, no, they, no, it doesn't. They, they they will. It will. It survived. It
2: survived. I don't
3: even put
1: my hands on it. Well, them. I'll that's tell you this. Let me tell guys. you
2: this, too, man. If oh. Bernie, man. He was ahead of his time, Big Seth. Clearly, he talks about stuff like that, man. Changing plays the way he did, or run playing. You're throwing a now route to the slot receiver was uncovered. They do that all the time now. And, yeah. and we we're talking about on the way. Oh, it's this numbers game. Mm-hmm. He was playing a numbers game for a long time ago, man. Where all these other guys they either have a check with me or they call it and run it. Bernie's not going. Bernie's going to look and see the situation,
3: and it's not a good idea. And he
2: gets to a better situation all the time. Yeah. So. I mean,
3: if you look out, I mean, if you when you look out as a quarterback, so I, I like to talk to this to young quarterbacks too, in particular. And I've, I've even done this in the interview today. Like, I, I see the cameras, I see you guys, but you look out. You're looking down the field. You're looking at what you're able to do and get accomplished. And and some guys aren't able to really pick up yeah. on that stuff, and some guys are. And when you're able to find people who, who kind of get it and you kind of have that, that bond with, it, it takes you to another level of, of not only just football, but of really life and family and, and
2: life's lessons with it. I watched him, man, like talk about the times with, you know, back in Cleveland, man, with him and Webster Slaughter, Brian Brennan. You know all those guys, all the receiver. Ozzie was there with me at one point. Ozzie Newsome, man, he was. They were just always on the same page, man. It was yeah. just so much fun to watch. I'm you know, like you talk about playing against the same teams that could know your stuff, and they were still able to go out there and be
3: successful, man. Yeah, to the point where if you really do it right, especially and again, I, uh, the old Gary Stevens and coaching <laughs> and his his uh, way he talked about running routes and stuff. You know, when you're able to. Um, really have that massive confidence um, and that and you're really coached well and and i had this belief that um that i'm good and you're good okay and it put us two together we're great right you know so you mean to tell me that us two together you're going to cover us certainly i'm no, not No, Yeah, but that mindset that seriousness in our eyes mm-hmm. there. They're not covering us. Yeah. And then there'd be stuff during the games, you know. There's a lot of chatter, a lot of banter back and forth. Where, you know, you would flat out tell guys, yeah, you can't cover. I'm throwing a fade, Right. Huh? So go press. Right. Uh, you throwing don't have, up, you man. Be a man. All, be a man. You study yeah. all week studying plays. You're you're trying. You're worried about what I'm gonna run. You have to think about it. Hey, I'm telling you. I'm running a fake. Because <laughs> you can't cover me. <laughs> Okay, and then you so do great. it. That's
1: right. You know, they get in the guy's head, you get right. in their head like that. Wow. It's a lot of fun. It's so yeah. great. Well, look, I had another question on this card, and I'm not mm-hmm. the brightest guy, but I know when to get out of the way. <laughs> I think that with this ball sitting here and seeing the way you guys got emotional and the story that came out with it, I think I'm good, yeah, Jeez, I got what we needed so out good, of this. Man. It was just so great to see you. It was so yeah. great to, to be able to spend some time with you. It's been a long time, as you said said I had hair to the last yeah. time, yeah. which is, yeah, which is, yeah. yeah uh, that's a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> but uh, I, I just really appreciate you coming out hey, and spending some time with you us. You know
3: what? Uh, I'm saying it in jest, but call any time for anything. You know, as we're aging and as we're um, reliving some of the great moments of our lives and stuff and some of the life's lessons, maybe we took it a little more for granted yep. back then. You know, didn't really yeah. enjoy as much of this as we should have because it was... Almost, again, like winning these rings, a sense of relief as opposed right. to a, um, a party. But, um, you know, now as we as we get older and you start thinking about some of the great memories and then the, the lessons that we learned, and again, I, I give a great shout out to both you guys for just, I mean, you've always been active in the communities. You know, the if it ever now is a, a time frame where um, us athletes and the community and what's happened with You know, we had mental illness, the anxiety, suicide rates before this virus started. Now, then the virus started, and we've kind of been the last 18 months, two years with some of those issues. And then some of the extremeness of the political things um, has happened over this last year. Now there's ever a time for us as athletes and getting into the community to make a difference with, with people to show them that we care about you. You know that you matter. You know, and it's just not a Miami thing. You know, we care about you. You guys have been doing that. You do such a good job with it. I am um, proud that I kind of done that. Some of the things that we've talked about today, um, and some of the other things of you know, from the holistic medicine and maybe um, taking care of ourselves health wise that I'm going to continue that we're going to continue talking about. They were hard to talk about. You know when we were younger right you know i mean i've had 35 surgeries 75 broken bones over 100 concussions 14 seizures Jeez. my last two seizures i was in a coma for 72 and 96 hours came out of it doc said i'm a great guy tough guy Stay with the medicine, stay with the pills. I go, bro, that's, I think you're killing me. <laughs> right. Bro, okay. I know right. he said <laughs> yeah, that too. No, he yes. did. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. see me say that from the hospital. Oh, yeah. bed, it's like, yeah. I did my, Jeez. I'm running about a 6.540 40 now. So I did that running away from the Dr. Holmes place. Right. Okay. And wanting to let people know that you're able to come through stuff like this. Yeah. That, you know, all of us are able to figure out the Jimmy Johnson way somehow, some way to figure out how to get things going in the right direction. I'm kind of proud to be doing that and I'm proud of how you guys do it and being able to help. It originally started out trying to help out us older players, Mm -hmm. you know, which have a lot of similar issues. And sadly, um, a lot of the combat vets are coming back with the same type of head trauma, anxiety issues um, in their early, late 20s, early 30s that we're having in our fifties and sixties. So I think now uh, it's a really a time for some of us, people who possibly people look up to, to let them know that, you know, we all are having some issues and that we're here um, to help out. And there's holistic, good f- things that actually derive great results that you can feel good about yourself and be you still enjoy, enjoy yourself and enjoy your family. Yeah. Well, you look great. amazing, man. And I can tell it's uh, it's working for you, bro. And
2: I'm excited to see what the future holds with this man, 'cause you like you said it best, man, a lot of us old guys, you know, we need that type of uh that, that those answers,
3: man. You shouldn't be old if at uh at uh, fifty uh 50, uh, early 50s. Right, you know. Exactly right.
1: Early I mean, 50s is safe. That's, that's right. Way. That's right. <laughs> yeah. the, human, like- the human body.
3: The human body could live to 120, 130 years old. So, working on the regenerative yeah. um, abilities of that is something I've been focused on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hope it's massive mastermind. It's, it's the way to go. I love it, man. Brian, man. Thanks for diving in, bro. stuff, man.
2: You're now diving into the fish tank.
0: Down with Seth, living. Seth, OJ, Juice, Juice Man, Ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. Dolphins. Number one. one, of course, y'all. This ain't now. no ordinary sports talk. Dive up in that fish tank. Go get your aqua orange. Yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rocking with OJ and Seth, when we dive up in that fish tank. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There's my attitude. Okay. The devil this one for them diehards. Celebrate big or cry hard. Leave it all on the field. We gon' try hard. Old school, a new school. Mix it in, feeling like we up close when we listening. Dolphins Tales in Miami is the deep end. We vibing with our favorite players, no secret. We get with Seth and McDuffie, bringing up stories we never heard to the public. Bet we love it, Dolphins fans never budget. We loyal to the team, Was not happy or we upset. We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans. And if you ready for that water, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans. And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in. Don't switch your subject, you know what's all about them fins You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive up in, in that fish tank Go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank It's only legendary talking you know, when you dive man. up in that fish tank <laughs> Rappin' with O.J. and when you dive up in that fish tank Don't feel attitude